Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for this incredible time together. We thank you, Lord, for these incredible testimonies that we have heard even this morning. And um, Lord, right now, we just ask that you would just prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the word of the Lord. We are grateful that the word goes out and it always hits the mark. It never returns void. And so we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, amen. Amen. Today, what we're going to be talking about and, um, and I want to title my message today, I want to title it The Power of the Holy Spirit. We've been in a series um, called The Season of Power. This was the word that God had given me going into 2023. And, um, and I hope you have enjoyed this series as much as I have. And um, I really believe that this is one of those series that we can go back throughout the uh, entirety of the year and just kind of replay and and, and refocus and be reminded what it is that the Lord is calling us as a church and as a people to do. Amen? All right. I want to give a big shout out before we go any further to every single person that served the Night to Shine event. What a spectacular, spectacular time of just celebrating people. want to give a special thanks to Brandon and Taylor Gee for leading the way on that. Listen, guys, this is what I heard over and over and over again is how excellent that was done. And so let's give the Lord a hand clap uh, for for such a great time there. Also want to just thank Bo Stevenson, Pastor Bo Stevenson, for doing such a great job last week in bringing the word. Let's put our hands together for him. All right, let's dive in. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Another version says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so I just want us to know this, that in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit, there is more available to us. This is my opening statement. There is more available to us. There's more power available to us than what it is that we're experiencing and what it is that we're tapping into. If you believe that, just say a good, quick amen. Amen. All right. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there is healing, right? We see that. There's deliverance. There's wisdom. There's direction. How many of you know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is salvation? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is love. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is forgiveness. Where the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is patience, right? And so all of these things are things that we often and regularly talk about, but I want you to know that this is not all-encompassing because there is more to the liberty and the freedom that's found where the spirit of the Lord is than these elements that we discuss all the time. I fully believe that this is not all that Paul was talking about. He was also talking about the freedom and the liberty from religious systems and traditions. 
In fact, if you'll read this passage of scripture before it and after it, what you will find out is that this was even referring to Moses and all the religious laws and all of the sacrifices that these folks had been used to up to this point. And so we realize that now that we have the Holy Ghost, now that we have salvation, now that we have Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, now that we have the spirit of the living God inside of us, there is true life and true freedom. Somebody say true life. So this is a game changer. It was a game changer then, and it's a game changer now. In fact, talking about games, I just want to give just a huge shout out to our Lady Spartans for um, winning, winning district and going on to state. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time for them. And, um, and when is the first game? This Thursday at 2. Be a great day to call in sick for work. Head down to, you know, you probably wouldn't even need to call in sick for work. Just say, hey, listen, I'm going to support our ladies, but what a fantastic game that was. I wish I had gotten a chance to go to more of them this year. But let me tell you what I seen at that at this game. And 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 I was right there, right along with them. Man, I saw people with smiles on their faces. I saw people jumping up and down. I saw people screaming from the balcony, from the bleachers, calling out people's name. Good job! You know, just screaming at the top of their lungs. And I absolutely loved the passion, the excitement, the engagement. And so, like I said, I was right along there with them because it was a great game. Somebody say it was a great game. So this is what I'm, my question is, is though, that should we come alive there, but yet remain reserved and disconnected here? Right? We can get so excited, and it was, it was amazing, and electric is the word that I would use. But should we give our best in situations and areas like that, but yet remain reserved and disconnected and just kind of all put together in the house of the Lord? Psalm 47 says, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Come on, when was the last time? Yeah, thank you. When was the last time that you just sound, you know, heard your own voice? Come on, your, your, your own loud voice. Come on, above everything else that's going on in the house of the Lord. But yet, yeah, you are the loudest person, Wayne. You're the loudest person. We had this little conversation at the game. I was like, holy cow, I've never seen this side of Wayne before. Actually, I have at football games and things like that. But should we, should we be so reserved in the house of the Lord, but yet give God our best in other places? Come on, I refuse to let the club, which is what we used to call it, have my highest praise. And I'm telling you what, I was pretty spectacular when I was in the bar system. I was all in. There was zero half-stepping whenever I was on and in the bar scene. But I'm telling you what, I refuse to allow the best Travis to be given to the bar scene. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give the best Travis, come on, to the kingdom business that he has called me to. Amen. I guess I'm speaking to a few people here this morning that you've never been delivered from anything. 
I guess I'm speaking to some folks here today that you're still married, but you shouldn't be married. I guess nobody here has experienced, come on, nailing a job that you're unqualified for, right? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody been set free. Come on, like some, some, I, I feel like you're really having to work on it. You're having to work on it. I don't feel the same energy and the same natural uh, uh, strength coming from you as I witnessed at that basketball game this last week. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Davina. I'll pull it out of you. I'm going to get it some way. But I'm telling you what, we got a lot to be thankful for, Right? And I'm just saying this, that if you serve a boring Jesus, it's your fault. It's not God's fault. Because if you serve a boring Jesus, I want you to know this, that the Jesus that you're serving is not the Jesus in the Bible. Do you believe it? Do you live your life like it? Sell me on it. (laughs) There you go. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Mark 16, read your Bible. The the Bible says, Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. And I'm just telling you, these are not weak signs. They're not not timid signs. I want you to search it out just a little bit. Come on, they're powerful signs. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 says, our our weapons... um, are not carnal, they're mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds. See, it's possible that some of y'all and, or people that you know come on, have some strongholds in their life. You know, it's possible that maybe you've got some anger and some rage issues that you're just tying to the way that you were raised or, or your, your daddy was angry and so you're angry and his dad was angry and so, and so you're angry and so you've just lived this big portion of your life just being angry. You know what I mean? You can trace addiction, you know, through your family. Grandpa was an alcoholic and dad had a drinking problem and I had a drinking problem. And so, so you're tracing these things, but you're not identifying them for what it is that they are, which are strongholds, right? And I'm just telling you this, that in the Holy Ghost, I don't know why we don't call it the Holy Ghost anymore, We call it the Holy Spirit. We call it a lot of different things. But I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, right, you have power for the pulling down of strongholds. You you have that power for the pulling down of these strongholds. And guess guess this too, that it's not just the strongholds that are in your life. It's, in, it's strongholds in other people's lives. And so God will give you the ability to come alongside of the people that you love so much. And in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be used. The Spirit of God inside of you can be used to set them free also. But, but sometimes the church's approach is a hands-off approach. Well, I don't want to really involve myself. I don't want to. And so the very people that you love are come on dealing with strongholds, and they've dealt with strongholds for far longer than they were ever intended to deal with strongholds, right? Because we're not walking and moving in the power of the Holy Ghost. I just love that sound, the Holy Ghost. You call it the Holy Spirit. I'm calling it the Holy Ghost this morning, right? And so... 
I just want us to realize that we have the ability, come on, to walk in freedom ourselves and be used to help other people do the same. It was interesting, about four or five years ago, I, I went in and I, I had a shoulder problem that was really, pray for your pastor, man, I am busted up. I got a shoulder, total shoulder replacement four years ago. I'm out playing, of all things, pickleball about 12 days ago. Broke the tendon in my, in my, my bicep, my bicep, I, I need surgery for that. I need the Holy Ghost is what I need. I need the Lord just to, just to protect me and to heal me. Or I need to slow down and realize that I'm not 15 anymore. One of the two. But 25 years of shoulder pain, I went in four years ago, had this total shoulder replacement. Can I tell you this? That within three days after the surgery, even though I couldn't use it, Within three days, I had felt better than I had for the previous 25 years. And, and my question is this, is why in the world did I wait for so long? And I'm just saying that some of you may have strongholds in your life that when you're set free from them and when you realize that where your freedom comes from, you're going to come to the same conclusion, why did I wait for so long? Why did I deal with this for so long when I had what I needed, come on, to rid myself from these the whole time through? But I didn't walk in it. I didn't activate it. Amen? And there may be people also that you come alongside and help set them free also as well. You've been called and anointed to shake hell and destroy its darkness. Come on, sometimes we're, we're consumed with life. Like, what does being consumed with life look like? It, it looks like right now anywhere between 50 and 60 hours a work week for, for a lot of people, right? Like, you're working, you're working, you're working, you're working, you're working. Come on, some of you right now, your, your biggest goal in life, some of you are already there, God bless you for that, but your biggest goal is I need to get my house paid off. I'm going to get my house paid off. If I ever got a, a chance at, at, at retiring well, I need to get my house paid off, right? Some other people, you're focused on putting money away for retirement, putting money away for retirement. You'll do whatever it takes, come on, to save money so that in the last, you know, 20 years of your life that you're going to have more money than what you're ever able to spend, and so you see how we get, we get, and all of these things are good. God bless you for working, especially in a day when nobody wants to work. But I'm telling you what, you're exchanging your 60 hours a week and you have nothing else. You have no time for anything else because you're so stinking tired that you can't give any other space and place for anything else. And I'm telling you what, your first calling is to shake hell and destroy the work of darkness. But some of y'all are so stinking tired, you can't even think about breaking up hell and, and destroying darkness. And so we've got to understand why it is that we've been called and positioned. You still got to work. You still got to provide. Get that house paid off. Be smart. Work. Put away money for retirement so, so your kids don't have to take care of you, right? Which puts an additional burden on them right? Use wisdom. Build an inheritance. We're supposed to pass on something, come on, to our children. Yes, even financial things. So all of these things are great, but are you exchanging that for the main thing? 
which is to destroy the works of darkness. I'm just telling you what, that God saved you. He called you. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, so that you could, you could be used by him. Amen? John 3 says this, just so you know it's scriptural. Jesus came to destroy the works of darkness, to proclaim liberty to those in prison, to heal the sick and those oppressed by the devil. Jesus is speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, and, 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 and I want you to know he wasn't just speaking to his disciples. He wasn't just speaking to the apostles, right? Many disciples, 12 apostles, he wasn't just speaking to them. The Bible says that the multitudes are coming, and so he's speaking to the masses here, and this is what he says. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Right? He said this also. He said, there's nothing that I don't do unless I'm led by the Father. You see me going, I'm going because the Father told me to go. You see me healing, I'm healing because the Father has called me to heal. You've seen, you've seen me setting the captives free. That's all the, Father's, that's all the Father's work. Preaching the gospel, raising the dead, cleansing lepers. It's all the will of the Father. Jesus now says, and he's, he's, he's died, he's He's been buried. He's resurrected. He spent 40 days appearing to a lot of people, about 500 people. The Bible, a lot of scholars think. And, um, and now, now he's, he's getting ready to ascend. And what does he say? He says, listen, I'm leaving, but I'm also leaving you with the promise. I want you to go into Jerusalem uh, because I'm, I'm leaving you a helper. I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know this, that a lot of times people will think, oh, here he goes. This is a Pentecostal thing. Oh, he's talking about Acts chapter 2. Buckle up. It's a Pentecostal thing. This ain't a Pentecostal thing. This is not an Acts chapter 2 thing. This is a Bible thing that is for every single one of you, regardless of what it is that your background is, right? It's for the church. And so he says, listen, go receive the promise. Why would Jesus say, go and receive the promise? He said, go receive the promise because you're going to need the promise to do what it is that I've called you to do. In fact, there's no possible way that you can do what I've called you to do without the promise of the Holy Ghost. So go and wait and receive the promise, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, because it's necessary for you to complete. So let me ask you a question. When is it not necessary to have the Holy Ghost? When do you not need the Holy Spirit? You don't need the Holy Spirit to come to church once a week. You don't need the Holy Ghost for that. You don't need the Holy Ghost, you know what I mean, if you're never stepping out and, and positioning yourself to do something powerfully or in the supernatural. If you can do it in your natural, you don't need the Holy Spirit to help you with that, right? You don't need the Holy Ghost to binge watch Netflix 30 hours a week. Don't need the Holy Ghost for that. Oh, younger people, older people, all people. You don't need the Holy Ghost to waste, waste all that time that you're wasting playing video games. You don't even need the Holy Ghost. You probably wish you had the Holy Ghost, but you don't need the Holy Ghost to swipe right. Probably wish you had the Holy Ghost because maybe you wouldn't have swiped right. For the younger people, you know what I'm talking about. Older people, ask a younger person. 
When do you need the Holy Ghost? You need the Holy Ghost to walk in victory, to fill the, the purpose of God in your life, and to not only walk in freedom yourself, but to, but to be used by God to set the captives free. See, when a loved one is diagnosed with cancer, stage two, stage three, even stage four, and everybody is frustrated, everybody's scared, oh no, we've lost too many people to cancer. Everybody's, everybody's really, really, really sad, and, and their first go-to is, oh no, we're gonna lose another one. You do need the Holy Ghost when you're the only one in the room that says, no, we're not accepting this. We're gonna go to prayer, and we're gonna believe, and we're gonna fight this thing in the spiritual realm. You need the Holy Ghost for that you do the Holy Ghost works when faith-filled people lay hands on the sick and the Bible says that they'll recover we need the Holy Ghost to deal with the demonic and I'm telling you the demonic is more prevalent than what it is that most people in the church is thinking if Jesus dealt with it you're gonna deal with it and so if you don't know how to deal with it then you better get close to the Lord and see how he dealt with it. And it's by the spirit that God can use you to set the captives free. Was Jesus talking about going and grabbing physical chains and going to the prisons and unlocking doors? Maybe, but I can guarantee you that's not the entirety of what he was talking about. He was talking about people that were bound naturally, spiritually, physically, right? emotionally how much anxiety and depression do we have in our world how how rampant is suicide today not every reason why somebody commits suicide today is because of a chemical imbalance in their mind some of it come on you, you let, let, let's let's just let's just tap into our to our to our our, our brilliant minds if the enemy wants to kill steal and destroy who do you think is behind, who, where do you think the spirit of suicide comes from? Right? But we want to medicate it, we want to counsel it, we want to give it a pill. And I'm not saying that there's not times for medication, I'm not saying there's not times for counseling, and I'm not saying that there's not times for giving it a pill. But I'm telling you, when the church, that's their go-to, just like the world's go-to, something's wrong. And guess what? When you're dealing with that stuff, you need the Holy Ghost. You can't step into that realm. If you step into that realm, you're going to be no different than the seven sons of Sceva, which were whooped by the Spirit, sent away naked by the Spirit. Why? They had no relationship with the Lord, which meant that they had no power in the Holy Ghost. Right? Why don't we talk about these things more? Why aren't we pursuing these things more? Like, listen, you got a PhD in the Holy Ghost. What, what doctors cannot do, come on, Christ in you can. And I'm not saying that we don't go to doctors. Go to the doctor. That's not who we are. Get the pill. But my goodness, let's deal with spiritual matters as well. The Bible says that once you've been reconciled, I'm already losing my voice. I got another service to do. The Bible says once you've been reconciled, 2 Corinthians 5:18, that the Lord has given you the ministry of reconciliation. And so whenever, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, so what is the ministry of reconciliation? Come on, the Holy Ghost inside of you uses you to reconnect the, those people that are disconnected from God. 
So you now have a ministry of reconciliation. Throughout the gospel, you see he, Jesus healing, you see him delivering, you see him saving and setting people, people free. But yet we downplay, even our church, a lot of times downplays the, miracle, the, miraculous, the miraculous move of God. Come on, I, I just wonder, I just wonder, I just wonder, I just wonder sometimes, what if somebody came in here one morning and, and they were... They were demonically uh, possessed or they were oppressed or they were dealing with an evil spirit and then that spirit began to manifest right here on a Sunday morning and then all of the sudden Pastor Javi and Davina and other people maybe Tyson comes up and they begin to pray and they begin to speak and preach and teach Come on, the word of the Lord. They take oil and they pour oil over this individual's head and they lay hands on them. And they pray the promises of God in the house of the Lord. And guess what? The latter position that that person was in was greater than how it is that they came into this place. Guess what would happen? You would have people leave the church. How crazy is that? Here we've just seen somebody set free, somebody delivered, but yet there would be people that would leave the church. You know what Jesus called those people? Pharisees. Oh, no, 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 this healing should not have taken place on the Sabbath. Jesus turns to them. I'll just tell you the story just real quick, just off the top of my head. There's a woman that's bound in the synagogue. She's in the synagogue. She's in the house of the Lord. She's bound for 18 years. Somebody say that, 18 years. 18 years. The Bible says that she had a spirit. Somebody say spirit, because I want you to connect this not to the physical realm, but I want you to connect this to the spiritual realm found in Luke chapter 13. Read it for yourself. She had a spirit of disability, disablement, that caused her for 18 years to walk around like this. Wasn't a physical problem. It was a spiritual problem. Read your Bible. He looks at her in the house of the Lord. She'd been coming to the house of the Lord for 18 years plus. In the house of the Lord, this had been going on and going on and going on and going on. And I'm wondering, man, why did she deal with it for so long? Did it really just take Jesus to come along? Or could, that, could, that, could she have been set free sooner than that? 18 years, Jesus said, hey, listen, lady, you want to be, be set free from that disability? Stand up, laid his hands on her. She stood up and she was set free. The spirit was cast out of her. Her body lined up. Nice golf clap. That's really cool. You know what the religious leader said? Listen, we work six days out of the week and we, we, we have a one day of rest. Listen, if you want healing, read your Bible. If you want healing... Come on one of those six days. We're not supposed to be doing any work. You know what Jesus stood up? He said, you're a hypocrite. Why are you a hypocrite? Because you know yourself that you're going to leave this place and you're going to go untie your donkey and you're going to lead your donkey out to water so that your donkey can drink. You're a hypocrite. 
And she said, you, this woman's been dealing with this for 18 years, and you're going to tell people to come back on a day that's not the Sabbath day so that she could be healed or anybody else can, but yet you're going to go out and you know it. And the Bible says that there was silence. What would happen? See, religious folks would leave the church even if something like this took place on a Sunday morning. And to that, all I would say is, well, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But all I'm saying is, is that something is very, very wrong. Mark 16, 17 says this. These signs shall follow those that believe. Anybody believer? Anybody? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if any deadly thing or poisonous thing if they drink that, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Acts 19 is your, is your homework for today. Read it. I ain't got time for it. Great things are happening. Come on, in and through Paul's life. He's preaching. He's speaking. He's laying on hands. People, people are getting sick under Paul's ministry. In fact, it came to the point where there were so many sick that were coming, they were literally bringing garments like handkerchiefs and aprons, and they literally were just dragging it, they were just dragging it across Paul's skin. And then they would take quickly and they would deliver these aprons and these handkerchiefs that were, you gotta read your Bible, Acts 19, this is your homework, you'll find it all in there. I see some of you are like, this is strange gospel. They would take these handkerchiefs and they would deliver them to the people that were sick. And guess what? These people, at the moment that they received the handkerchief, the handkerchief or the apron, they were set free and, and, they were, and they were healed. And so listen, does God do this all the time? No. Should we expect God to do this all the time? No, but I'm telling you this, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is a supernatural freedom. And even though God may never do that again like he did it in the past, I'm telling you, this is the God that will do anything at any time to help people come on to be set free and find liberty. Amen. This is also what I want you to realize, that Paul didn't do anything. All Paul was was obedience. See, sometimes people are like, wow, this great thing happened. We need to celebrate this person that was used by God whenever all that person was was a conduit. There's one person that sets free. There's one person that heals, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? And he does it in and through his spirit. Jesus himself said, listen, the same spirit I've given to you, that I've been given, I give to you. The same authority that I've been given, I give to you. And I'm just telling you that there's more for us to walk in and to experience in the power of the Holy Ghost than what we're experiencing. In fact, I just want to ask a question. I have four minutes and 24 seconds left. <laughs> Name one place in the Bible where Jesus came across. This is another homework session. Homework. I'm, I'm going to be waiting for your phone calls. But I already know I'm not going to get one. Name one place that Jesus came across a person that was, that was, that was, that was uh, uh, possessed by a demon that he didn't leave that demon homeless. Name a place where he came in and encountered a demon in a person 
And he didn't set that person free from that, de- that demon. That demon was homeless. So that's your homework assignment. Okay. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to pick up your cross and you got to come after me daily. And I'm just telling you this, church, that we can't have comfort and power in Jesus all at the same time. See, sometimes we're looking for the comfortable Christian life, and really I don't think that there's a such thing. Not saying that you can't have peace and comfort in what you're doing, but if you're really following the Lord, you're always going to be thrust and pulled and pushed into uncomfortable situations. But yet many people are looking for the comfortable Christian life. God forbid that we actually, every time somebody is sick, we just say, hey, listen, can I just, can I pray for you? Can I lay hands on you? And, 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 and can I come into, you, uh, come into agreement with you about the situation that you're dealing with? God forbid that we first recognize the demonic and then we confront it and deny it to have any additional power. God forbid that we move in the gifts of God that were the gifts of the Spirit that are promised to us and we use them properly because God knows that they've been perverted for many, many, many years. People are making the gifts of the Spirit The Holy Spirit making it something that it's not. They're using it for financial gain or prestige or to build a name. God forbid that we actually begin to move and use it in a way that it's supposed to be moved and used in. That we walk in it. We see people prophesying. We have people that are literally given words of knowledge from the Lord. Not words of knowledge from themselves. That's a good one. Words of wisdom. We begin to move in the Holy Spirit as the Spirit um, guides and directs us. And I'm just saying this. I'm tired of the modern day church teaching people to be carnal and biblical at the same time. That's what the modern day church is really trying to do. We're pushing this agenda that we can be carnal but yet biblical at the same time. The Bible is true. It doesn't say that drinking is a sin. But what we have taken this to mean is like, listen, as long as I don't go out and get super hammered and forget things the night before, then it's okay for me to consume alcohol. And I'm just saying this, that if your mind becomes altered at any state in in your drinking, you've gone a little bit too far. And this goes for pills, it goes for weed, smoking. Man, for years, I am so disconnected. People are like, I smoke once in a while. Like, I used to smoke too. I'm talking cigarettes. They're talking weed and everything else that you can. I'm disconnected, man. I'm like, things, everything's passed me by. Yeah, what if it's true? Who said that? That was good. Oh, Wayne, was that you? Awesome, man. Thank you. It is a blessing. We, we, we've turned Christianity, and I just love the testimony of, of Bray Lynn. Where's she, where's she at? Bray, I love that. I'm telling you, I was like, she's going to think I put this in there. I want you to know I, I, this is in my notes. If you want to come up, you can come take a look at it. But I'm telling you what, I'm so grateful that God has given you the boldness and the confidence to pray out loud. Because can I tell you this? So, so, so we have, we as a, as a, as a, as a body of believers, and I'm talking Western civilization, the church, we have said, we have come up to the conclusion that it's okay to be saved and not know how to pray. Do you know how ridiculous that would have been in Jesus' day? Uh, hey, uh, Paul, John, uh, 
Peter, hey, I want you to, I want you to go pray for, well, I don't pray out loud. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying that God is moving something, did something great in Braylon's life. And guess what? I'm telling you what, she gave that testimony because there's other people here that you're like, well, I wouldn't pray out loud either. I don't pray out loud either. And I'm just saying to you that this is, this is a Western civilization problem. It's not a Bible problem. If you have an issue of praying out loud, a faith-filled prayer, it doesn't have to sound fancy, but I'm telling you what, this is, this is a new thing because it's always been an expectation. In fact, I felt convicted when I was putting this together. I had started Identity 1-9. We had about 40 people, 40, 19 to 30-year-old kids. This was years and years ago. But, uh, but I asked one person to pray and, and she never came back. And, and, and I wish I would have spent more time because what I did is I stopped asking people to pray out loud. Here I am, the leader of the ministry, instead of training and teaching her that, hey, yeah, that was uncomfortable, but you got to push through this. You're a, you're a Christian. You're a woman of God, right? I stopped asking people to pray out loud. That's crazy. So listen, if I ask you to pray out loud and you leave the church, I'm coming to see you and I'm going to train and teach you and we're going to pray for one another and, and because I'm telling you, man, we need, to, we need to be people of prayer, amen? So why don't we pray? It's because we're carnal. We don't see anything benefiting by prayer in our bank account. You know, we prayed for that Dodge 2500. We still don't have it. Been praying that I don't want to be single anymore. And I still don't have a boyfriend, don't have a girlfriend. And so we pray carnally, expecting things to show up um, in, in, in the natural realm. But 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is, on, what is not seen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul says, listen, you're praying, you're doing all of these things, and you're having this great expectation that you're going to see these things in the natural realm. But you need to look at the things that are unseen, even if things don't show up. See, this is what we do. We pray, we pray, we pray, and we don't see things happen in the natural realm. And so we quit praying, and we think that God hasn't done anything. But he's, Paul's saying here to the Corinthian church that, listen, there are things that are happening in the unseen realm that you don't even understand. And your prayers and the Holy Spirit in you is making a difference in these areas. See, being a Christian, I got a, I got a T-shirt. I want to print another T-shirt. I came up with a great saying. Are you ready? Being Christian is not a title you carry. It's a life you bury. That's dang good. Let me say it again. I was so happy. I was like, that's a t-shirt. I want somebody to make me a t-shirt. Just one. Being Christian is not a title you carry. It's a life you bury. Whose life are you burying? My life. You're burying, you're burying your life. I'm burying my life. Come on, I've got to die out so that to, to some things so that he can increase in my life, right? So, Acts chapter 1, 8 
I'm way over. I'm, I'm going to finish. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so why is it that people don't feel like sharing what God has done in their life, the testimony? Once again, I want to give these, these three just a huge shout out for coming up here. It's not easy to share your testimony. But why is it that people wouldn't share it? Because it's embarrassing. Why would somebody say, I don't feel like laying my hands on somebody and praying out loud? Why would they feel like that? Because it's awkward. Hey, man, can I put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you? You know, nine times out of ten, people are going to say, yeah, please. Yeah, 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 sure. Even if they've never had it done before, one time they're, they're going to be like, no. I'm like, well, can I just pray for you without touching you then? <laughs> Why don't we feel like praying out loud? Because we're insecure. Why don't we want to confront the devil in darkness? Why? Because it can be scary. The Bible says in Matthew 26, my, my, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. And I want you to study this, you know, study this, this out just a little bit. But a lot of times people, before they move to that next place, they're waiting for their flesh to catch up. They're waiting for their flesh to be willing. And that, my friend, is ridiculous. Your flesh may never be willing. I'm closing with this because I ain't got no more time. I want to share with you something fun that I just, I just begun. I did this, this yesterday was day two. Today's day three. And if you want to come over to my house, we can have a party. How many of you like a good party? So, so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of benefits by doing an ice bath. I bought, I bought an ice bath. I've got it in my backyard surrounded by snow. Yesterday morning, I walked out, and I literally had to take a hammer, and I had to break an inch of ice around the whole top of it, and I got into it, and you stay in there at a minimum of two minutes and at a maximum of 10 minutes, and so I'm going to be doing this today if you want to ice bath. The only reason you can come over to my house is if you're going to get in the ice bath, okay? So if you want to come and ice bath today... We will have an ice bath party. We don't have to be in there at the same time. It won't fit. In fact, had I known, because I ordered this off of Amazon online, I would have got a bigger one. They didn't give different sizes. But I'm telling you what, let me tell you this. Not one morning, and I do it first thing in the morning. I'm doing it after church because I, I didn't want to be shivering up here all day. But I'm telling you this, that there's not been one morning where I've been excited about getting into that ice bath. Every morning I've been very excited about getting out of it. But how alive it makes you feel and, and if you've got issues with inflammation and just all kinds of other things, I'm telling you, some of these things that we've disconnected from the elements because we're just comfortable all the time. We got AC in our cars. We got heaters in our, and I'm just telling you this, that there's something to be said about doing what's not comfortable. And I can tell you this, I was just, I was speaking to Tanner just yesterday. Tanner Smith, stand up just real quick. He gave a great word to our men yesterday morning at men's, at men's breakfast. You can sit back down. 
He come up to me afterwards and he said, hey, listen, I'm getting better. I said, what do you mean you're getting better? He said, uh, he said I'm, I'm, I'm not as nervous as I, as I usually am. I said, oh, man, don't ever let those nerves go away. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you always want those nerves to be there. And then he explained a little bit more what he, was, what he was talking about. But I'm telling you what, that's what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost allows you to do what it is that you cannot do, what you don't want to do by yourself or, or, or in your own person. And I told him yesterday that there's not very many times that I get up on the stage where I still don't have those. Who, who, okay, here we go. And I've been doing this for a long time. What is it that the Lord has called you to do that's scary? I want you to know this. It's always going to be scary, just like me climbing into that ice bath every morning. I'm going to do it for at least 21 days straight. You want to do it? Come on over. We ain't got time to waste. I don't want you to dip your foot in the pool. It's like, listen, if you're coming over to my house, you're getting wet and you're not waiting a long time. Okay? Same thing is true, man. When God has called you to do something, it's going to be scary. There's only one way to handle it. Jump in because you're going to realize quickly that it's, it's the Lord that is going to sustain you. It's the Lord that is going to use you. All he's looking for is somebody that's obedient, willing, willing to do something bigger than yourself. Amen? So listen up. This is what we're going to do. We're going to close down the service right now. It's already 10.08. Listen, I don't need to share with this group how it is that we, um, how we give. This is a giving church. You know how to give. You can give in the boxes. You can give online. So, Lord, just bless the gift. Bless the giver. Lord, let us use it to make a huge difference in Jesus' name. All right. So this is what I want to deal with right now. If you feel like you're at a threshold right now and you're ready to step into what it is that's next, it doesn't have to be defined by you or anybody else, but you're just like, listen, I'm ready for what's next. I just want to pray for you just real quick. And so if that's you, just slip a hand in the air. You don't have to stand up. You can just be awesome. Thank you. So all over the place. So listen, this is a season of power. And there are going to be many next things over this year. And so I'm just going to pray for you. We're going to dismiss. And listen, this is what I want you to do. I want before, before we're not praying yet. Lift your head up real quick. I want to see you. I want to see you just, just real quick. So listen, the thing that you're praying for, I want you to look for it throughout this week. I want you to look for it. I want you to look for opportunities to use it. I want you to look for opportunities to step into it. And even when that fear comes... I want, you to, I want you to just do it anyway and say, Lord, here we go. I need you now more than I've ever needed you. Amen? So this week, look for it because this week you're going to see it. And you're going to see God saying, okay, I heard your prayer. Here it is. I heard your prayer. Here's an opportunity to grow. I heard your prayer. Here's some more information that's going to help you with whatever it is that, that you're praying for. Okay, so let's bow our heads. Lord, right now, we just thank you right now. We just thank you, God, for this incredible church, these incredible people. All we are is just God-fearing people. But God, you can do amazing things in and through somebody that is willing, somebody that is just sold out, somebody that says, listen, my life is not my own anymore. It belongs to him. And I just pray in Jesus' name that whatever it is that this stepping across this threshold is to each of those people that raise their hand, I'm just asking 
I'm just saying, yes, Lord, do it. I'm asking you, Lord, just to move in their life in a powerful, powerful way. And, um, and this week, Lord, I just ask that you would just begin to reveal these opportunities. In fact, I'm asking, Lord, this, that I would even get some testimonies, uh, maybe just a text message. Wow, I prayed for this and this happened. I asked for this and I was put in this situation. I was looking for, for guidance and then God just downloaded this wisdom you know, to me. And, and, and so, Lord, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, I pray that it would just be revealed in Jesus' name this week, just to bring confidence that, uh, that what prayer does in the life of, of a person that prays and believes and receives. So God, we just ask that you just continue to call us up. Your word says that you take us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. This, this, wife should never, this life should never be neutral, just like Tanner was talking about yesterday, that, 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 that neutral is actually going backwards but this life with you is progressive. Let us continue to grow in you. Let us continue to experience new things in you. And God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I pray, Lord, that we would be willing to baptize people, even if it's in our own bathtubs. God, that we would be willing, every single person in here would be willing to say, listen, you got a need? I know a God. And they would pause and and ask for permission to lay hands on that person and then pray the best prayer that they can pray, a faith-filled prayer. I pray, Lord, that, that these folks today, this week, would have opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus and, yes, even maybe lead them in and through the sinner's prayer. Invite them to church and continue to disciple them as they go along in life. Lord, all the things that you have done you said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm now tagging you. You're it. I've given you my spirit. Now go do the same. No, he said even greater things than this shall you do. And he's, of course, he's talking, I believe, about the multitudes on greater measure. But the same things are being done. I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you for these people. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen and amen and amen. Listen, guys, that does conclude our service today. Thank you so much. I'm going to be praying for you this week. If God shows you something spectacular in and through the prayer that we just prayed, please shoot us a text and let us hear about it. God bless you. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.